Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Veil, a podcast by Prevail Church. I'm your host, Jonathan Wagner. Tonight, I'm here with Logan Adams and our esteemed, distinguished guest, Bishop Jamie Englehart. How's it going, buddy? I want to remind everybody the purpose of this podcast is to make you think, give you a chance to ask some questions, and to remind you, Jesus loves you. That's right. Encourage me. No, it's, Logan. Uh, so it's been a cool day, man. I I, I was uh, on some great pain medication when you're preaching, but you know I didn't <laughs> miss a thing. <laughs> I feel I followed pretty good. Um, no, no, it was, it was a great sermon today. Uh, for those who don't know, um, Bishop Jamie here was was preaching at Prevail Church this morning. It was it was an excellent message. Loved it. Um, you heard me hooping, hollering from the back. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Well, Mr. Hanky at you, man, it was fun. Uh, I loved it. Um, better, better than a shoe. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure Hanky would have made it. I've had shoes thrown at me before. There you go. I, I mean, I would take that as a positive. <laughs> you know, the truth hurts, no, yeah, right? It, it was a positive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Hanky would have made it all the way through. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I didn't quite have the arm on me this morning either. But uh, no, it was, it was a great, great sermon. Um, great getting to know you a little bit last night and hearing a bit of your testimony and your story as well. Um, that was, that was really encouraging for me and good to hear. Um, good thought-provoking stuff. And um, no, we got some questions today from the church, um, right. which was cool. Love it when you guys send these questions in, either to us personally or scan the code. Makes a difference. Encourages us. <laughs> yeah, we have a QR code that's on the back of most of the chairs. Yeah, so right. people can do it. It's on, also on the website. Yep, and yep. Uh, so love, love you go that. there, you fill Very it cool. out, and just say, hey, I've got this question. It does ask for your name, but Man, you, don't you don't have, have to, to put, you know, Anonymous. a real name in there. You can, you know. Someone said Joe Biden once, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I would just put in Logan Adams every time. Every time. That's good to go. I love to question myself. Let's yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> but would you like to give us the first good question for, well, uh, for Bishop Jamie? Today, um... During your message, at one point in time, you talked about, you know, God never killed people. And Mm. I concur. Um, But there was, you know, a few places in the Old Testament where... Yes. Oh, more, more, than, more than a few. There's more than a few. I, 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 was, I was being generous. I was being generous. Was real generous. But um, somebody said, well, what about when Moses had to talk God out of killing all the children of Israel and starting over? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was like... It's a good question. Let's ask. It's a gritty. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Oh, it's it's awesome. Uh, I think I mentioned it uh, yesterday. It still, it still blows me away. Uh, you know, I grew up in a little town in Michigan. The fact that anybody, you know, is interested in anything I have to say still, <laughs> it's still just, it, it does, you know. I mean, yeah. I just never dreamed I'd, you know, be going all over the world and doing what I do. So uh, thank you for that. Um, I just don't like to ever take any of that for granted or assume. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know the exact answer to that. Uh, I know I think we we talked about it a little bit before here, and I'd studied that years ago. Of course, I don't have those notes with me. Uh, I might be able to get back to you when it comes to a little yeah, better yeah. of an answer. But I, I think I think the, the whole point in the key is, you know, there's all these, even in the Old Testament, there's like dueling verses. Mm, you know, right. you got you got Second Samuel fourteen fourteen, and uh, that one for me back when I was about twenty six or twenty seven years old, that one almost caused me 
to stop preaching mm. because I, I was really struggling with what I read about God in the Old Testament compared to what I read about Jesus in the New. Right. And it, it literally, and, and of course, I wasn't going to become, you know, I went to seminary. I mean, I wasn't going to become a Marcionite, which, you know, Marcion in the first century yeah. uh, was a, um, he was probably an apostle. I mean, he was a pretty brilliant man, uh, but he led a whole movement that said that the God of the Old Testament was the God of the Jews, but not the father of Jesus. And so he actually mm-hmm. led a whole movement that threw the whole okay. Old Testament completely away and then said, you know, we only need to, you know, accept the, the father, this father that looks like Jesus. And I mean, I can understand how he got there, but of course it was refuted in the, in the second century as heretical and everything else, because obviously right. Jesus quoted all kinds of Old Testament verses and, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the old is Christ concealed, the new is Christ revealed. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, I mean, most of what he said was, you know, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were down the scripture, right? The purpose yeah. was not to, to throw that away. Um, but, my struggle is I read Second Samuel fourteen fourteen, and it says God never takes life, mm-hmm. but devises ways to bring his wayward ones home. But mm-hmm. then you'd read all of these other verses that are constantly talking yeah. about like God opened the earth, swallowed and killed. God, you know, God commands Moses and Joshua to go into the land and, and like kill every man, woman, and child, like yeah. like babies, like yeah. like. So you know, and and what blows me away is how can how can we now in the twenty first century be God doesn't kill babies. <laughs> right. You know, I, I mean, you know, in, in I, I've our, heard that. Argument. Yeah. I mean, in our stance, yeah. In our stance against abortion, but over here, man, he had no problem killing all the little right. Canaanite babies and slaughtering them until you understand that the language of the old Testament, uh, I, I heard, I heard a scholar say this one time and it, it helped me a lot, but he made the statement. He said, he said, it's like running out into a football field and saying, man, we're going to kill them all. Well, you're not going to literally kill them. Right. You know, it's, it's like language. It says destroy. Them. Right. This says we're going to win. Right. All right. I mean, it, it was like, you know, we're going to go right. defeat our enemies. It, it's not that we're going to kill other little, little two-year-olds running around. I mean, right. that's, I mean, that's, it's so chaotic. I don't know. It is 2023 and you yeah, know, well, people are so sensitive about language. These help days, me Jesus. So. Yeah. You know, but, but one thing that, one thing that um, helped me is uh, I was reading that verse and struggling with all that. And my dad, uh, who's, you know, now pastored for 58, 59 years. He had just stopped by uh, my house at that time and he dropped off a concordance. Mm. And he said, you know, he said, most people use the Strong's concordance. He said, I prefer the Young's mm-hmm. and which I love the Young's literal translation. That's something that is a go-to uh, yeah. for me when it, when it comes right. to like finding what the original Hebrew and Greek says. But he said, you know, Strong's wasn't a really great necessarily Hebrew scholar and uh, or Strong's wasn't. And so he gave me the Young's and he said, I think you'll like this. Now he had no idea what I was struggling with. I hadn't talked to him about it yet. And I opened up the Young's Concordance and right in the, in the preface or the preface, depending on, I guess, Creek Crick, you know, wherever, wherever you're from. Right. Open it up and, and it said in there, it said, in the Hebrew language, uh, every time you read something in Hebrew, there's two tenses that you can interpret it with according to, according to the context. And it's something called the causative tense and something called the permissive tense. And that's something I didn't have time to get into this morning in the message. Right. But uh, literally what it's saying is something like this. All right, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Okay, let, let, let's say there's that, which, you know, uh, our Reformed brothers, that's one of their favorite, you know, verses <laughs> to quote out of Romans. And, yeah, it is. All right, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So, you know, the sovereignty yeah. of God, God made him do all this. Which, of course, when you talk to Hebrews, they actually tell you that it doesn't mean that at all in no. the Hebrew. But... 
you can interpret that as God was causing the hardening mm-hmm. or God permitted his heart to be hardened. Mm, look at that. And so uh, literally that one little piece kept me in the ministry, to be honest with you, <laughs> like kept yeah. me walking with God because wow. I realized when, when it's saying things like, you know, God, God is talking, you know, Moses is talking God out of, out of killing people. What's, well, is he, is he talking God out of causing the death or permitting the death? Because as I mentioned this morning, um, you know, the, even the idea of the wrath of God, Romans one tells us exactly what wrath is. Wrath is God turning men over to their own designs and desires. So wrath is not right. God's putting his hand on something. It's actually God taking his hands off. It's not a grease spot. Correct. Right, yeah. It's literally right. God saying, okay, if that's what you want, then I'm going to let you do it. And then sowing and reaping takes over. Yeah, and right. then you destroy yourself. I mean, we call it the people will still call it it's the judgment of God. It's like, no, it's mm. not. It's, it's sowing and reaping. Right. You know, right. And, and literally Bible talks right. about and, that and, pretty and, good. Right. Too. And the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I, I forgot to mention this morning, you know, I, I was raised with the scenario of, you know, you've got like God, the father sitting on a throne. Yeah. And you got Jesus at the right hand who's our heavenly lawyer. God, the father's the judge. And he's, he's in a courtroom and he's got a gavel. And at the left hand is the prosecuting attorney, the devil. You know, and I remember doing a uh, a skit. Oh uh, yeah, you yeah. know, one yeah. time <laughs> in youth group. <laughs> yep. You know, I think it was like a youth Sunday, and I we had, and we had the Sunday service, and, yeah. and I think they had me even play the devil. And someone would walk up, and the devil would start accusing him, and Jesus would step in, move the devil out of the way, and say, no, this one is one of mine, and then remind the father about what he did for him, and then the father sees Jesus, so then he's okay with you and all that. The problem is that whole scenario doesn't exist. Number one, the devil was kicked out of heaven a long time ago, so there's there's no access. Satan was cast out. Number two, the father is not a judge. The father in the new covenant is no longer a judge because Jesus said, all judgment the Father has given to the Son. Right. So the only judge, mm. Jesus is the one that judges Delightful. the quick and the dead. He he will judge the righteous and the unjust. And I like the way Jesus judges. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. And yeah. so his judgment was, I'm going to die for you. Well, hello. You know. <laughs> right. And 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 but I mean the 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 the, the picture of mm-hmm. then understanding that God is not the one that was causing Pharaoh's heart to be hardened, right. but God permitted the the waster if you may. It was because the stealing, killing, and destroying always comes from thieves. Right. Uh, life right. is what comes. Jesus made it clear. Life is what comes from the Father and I. We don't steal. We don't kill. We don't destroy. So anytime I read in the Old Testament or anywhere that God was the one stealing, killing, or destroying, then it's a misrepresentation or misunderstanding. And and it's not God causing those things, but but God permitting them. Just like with Job. All right. Right, God right, wasn't right. doing that thing to Job, but he then allowed, Right, he permitted. And of course, then people have the argument of, well, isn't it the same thing? It's like, well, no, not really, because it's, if you ever had kids, it ain't. No, it's not. not right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not the one doing the harm. Right. And so, you know, just, just reading that in the beginning of that, that uh, young concordance, it literally set me free. Cause I mean, yeah, I was, wonderful. I was wrestling with it so bad. I bet. You know, that, I mean, yeah. I was about ready to say, if God is this way, I don't want much to do with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, why, why would I want to walk with him? Why would I want to, uh, right. how, how can I be intimate with a God that's okay with the killing? And, and if we want to take things literally like out of Psalms, the dashing of Babylonian babies' heads on rocks and, right. you know, the tithe, as I mentioned this morning, the tithing of virgins, the, 
the uh, you know the stoning of your children because you know they're a little bit rebellious. I mean, it's just chaos. Right. You know, if you read it's it, a, it's a rough ride if you take it literal. Well, and, it is, and and so now I really take the stance, and 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 you were at our conference in May, and William yeah, Paul, yeah. William Paul Young, I love the shack. He made. He made the statement, and I can't. It might have been at the conference, or it might have been Sunday morning at the close of it. Mm. But uh, he said, "God has," and he said, "I boldly say this: God has never killed anybody." Yeah. And yeah. when he said it, it just really resonated with me, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? I need to be okay with bold, yeah, yeah. bold yeah. face saying, "He's not a killer. He's he's a life giver." Because death is an enemy, right? Mm. And if death is an enemy, and God is using death. Against us, that doesn't even make any sense. No, mate, it raises right. some ethical questions about this perfectly ethical God that we love to brag right. about, right? Well, in a God who's light, life, and love. Exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't add up. Don't, yeah. don't doesn't compute, right? Yeah. So we, um, again, I, oh, yeah, that, I don't think excellent. that answered it exactly. No, but, I think yeah. I think it's excellent. And yeah. summarized how to look at it. It reminded yeah. me. Yeah, you grew up in much the same. Well, we're only a year apart in age, gotcha. so or a year and a half, something like that. Anyway. Um, you know, when I was, I can remember hearing and actually having people say, well, you know, God's just waiting. You know, God's up there with the big stick ready to <laughs> smack you when you mess up. He's Zeus with lightning bolts. Yeah. Right. I discovered one of the, I started down this journey of realizing that the grace of God and the love of God. Um, when I was a teenager, my father had passed away young. I was 16 when, when he died. And I would find myself in the cemetery late at night screaming at God because I was so mad at him. Yeah. And I said, just kill That's me. That's real. Yeah. You, you know you want to just, I mean, you might as well just kill me too. Right. And, and I came to realize that he was heartbroken for me. Yes. Mm. And yeah. as I had children, when, you're good, you're when good. I grew up, <laughs> I uh, realized I don't get upset with my children when they're mad at me. I may have to correct them, right? Right. But it doesn't make me love them any less. No. Usually, it, it breaks my heart and makes me love Absolutely. them more. But mm -hmm. anyway, so it was. It's that. That's yeah. where I well, started. Well, and, 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 and our and our views of God have gotten uh, through the years so messed up. I, I had a friend in Bible school, and when he was 11 years old, his dad died, mm. and um, he had nothing to do with God till he was almost 30. So when wow. he got to college, he was already in his early yeah, 30s. Yeah. And the reason why is because the pastor that did the funeral walked up to him at the close of the funeral at the gravesite and put his yeah. arm around him and said, son, Jesus needed your daddy more than you did. And so, he, so, he, oh, so, he, nope. so he took him home. Nope. And he, wow. he, I remember him telling me, he said, I literally looked up at the man. He said, I said nothing to the man. But all I thought was, why does Jesus need my daddy? I need my right. daddy. That's and again, rough. if death is an enemy, the fact that God would use an would use an enemy mm -hmm. to to take out any of His creation makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Because right. it's what Jesus came to destroy. He came to destroy Him who had the power of death, right. that is the devil. And uh, Hebrews two goes on to say, and to free us who all of our lifetime were slaves to the fear of death. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the main reasons for the cross wasn't just a, the forgiveness of sins; it was to free us from the fear of death. Right. right. That we have no fear about what's going to happen to us because. We know that there, there's a security as a son that we're loved, we're cared for, we're yeah, you right. know, we're going to live eternally, and 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 
in the presence of our Father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that awesome. Good. Can I just say I noted out a little bit when you went off first century church on me? That, that was delightful. <laughs> I, I have a that deep, deep seated passion <laughs> for history. And man, I, I got shivers. That was great. <laughs> Sorry. God, I just have to nerd out on that. That was beautiful. Yeah, I wonder, Not enough I wonder people what talk you'd about do that. when you started talking about origin. Oh, man. Me, me origin. Yeah, so. no. Got some Same chats here. about origin. Yeah. <laughs> He had awesome. quite the story, too. Uh, well, I could be here all day talking about that stuff. Anyway, yeah. second question. Yeah, the other question came in, and it says, and I'm just going to read it exactly as it came in. The only thing is the God breathing on it. I'm yeah. not sure I understand what that means, that he allowed it, approved yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. What's that mean? Yeah, that's good. Well, of course, for those that didn't hear the message, uh, you know, the only thing the scriptures say about themselves, the scripture doesn't call themselves inerrant or infallible nope. Nope. or right. or even perfect. All right. Now, yeah. the word is perfect, which is a person. Right. You know, not 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 a, not a book, not a book. Um, but uh, the, the 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 fact that, you know, for uh, everyone to get just a simple understanding that uh the life of Christ is, I love, I think it's Brad Jersek that makes the statement. He says, the word of God is inerrant and infallible. And at 18, he grew a beard. Uh, you know, I, I, I love, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I want to steal that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably good. one of my, one, yeah. one of my favorite yeah. little quotes. Yeah. And, uh, but the only thing the scriptures say about themselves is that they are inspired. Uh, Second mm -hmm. Timothy three, they're right. inspired, which is translated God breathed, mm -hmm. right? Which God breathing on something or God inspiring a man, which it literally gives just an inference of God breathing on an individual that that releases inspiration in them to write something down. Right. Um, and so God could breathe on someone to write something down, but not everything necessarily that they write. There's a lot of things I've been inspired to do that I look back years later and didn't agree with. Right, yep. <laughs> but but I was inspired to write tell it at the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, Lord. I mean, uh, I I tell people all the time. I said, listen, I, I had a young man, <laughs> a young man call me here about a year ago. He was cleaning out his garage, and uh, he's part of my network. He's licensed with us, and I've known him since he was nine years old. He's preached for his dad. And he called me on the phone. He said, Bishop. He said, uh, I was cleaning out my garage, and I found I found an old CD of yours from preaching at my dad's church in like '97, and it's called Present Truth. Okay. And, I said, and I said, burn it, burn it. And, and don't listen to it. it. Yeah, please don't listen to it. I said, if you, if you find a tape or a CD of me, please don't listen to don't, it. Don't do it. Well, and, and, and it's, but I was inspired at that moment yeah, in 97 yeah. to preach that word. And it was a present truth to me right. at that moment. But mm. right now I probably wouldn't agree right. With, right. With, with what I breathed on then. But All that right. inspiration helps us along a pathway Correct. Correct. to grow, to learn, right. to get closer. Yeah. And without those steps, without those stepping stones, then we either are stuck yep. Yep. or we fall in, right. you know, so they're not bad, you know, cause people will say, well, you know, you disagree with you. You said you, you said this five years ago. Now you disagree right. with it. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't yeah. know if you read the new Testament, but I mean, I said this about a month ago. <clears throat> You see Paul's theology develop. Oh, absolutely. You see it develop. Absolutely. In, absolutely. in the, you, you follow it chronologically. Yeah. You, you, 
<laughs> well, yeah, to Corinthians. I mean, Acts 15. Yeah, yeah, oh, mean, my goodness. Acts 15, yeah. he agrees with the idea that you don't eat any food offered to idols. Right. And about 15, 20 years later, he's telling the Gentiles, just eat it. Yeah, just go you for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bacon's bacon, man. How can you put that down? Yeah, no, it's well, fascinating. But, 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 but that's the whole thing. I think because we view the Bible in, in this in the way it was never meant to be viewed. Oh, I mean, gosh, literally, it's yeah. like the fourth person of the Godhead. Yeah. yeah um, that we like forget that, that it, was, it right. was, they were growing in their understanding. They were yeah. growing in their theology. They mm. were, and guess what? 2,000 years later, we're supposed to have been too. Oh, that's and, true. And, 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 and I mean, I, I, literally, yeah. I literally feel, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm careful about how much I say this and where I say it, but um, I think if Paul showed up today, I think he'd be like, you stopped it. 66 or 80 books right you know i i think he'd be like you all stop being inspired right, like, to write. I, right. I think he'd be i think he'd be horrified that we made his latest scripture oh <laughs> i'm just gonna put that out there no i i, yeah, I absolutely yeah. i absolutely agree i mean I, right. I think he'd be shocked that he wrote a letter to a church giving them some instruction right and right. then people like, two thousand years later live in a total different culture yeah yeah yeah, are dogmatic Studying about it, it. Arguing mm. about it. Dogmatic about yeah. it. Oh, my gosh. Splitting churches about something. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. So, the, the virus, absolutely. The virus yeah. of the Protestant faith, right? We split churches because we, we like a comma or we don't like a comma. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, think, I, I think it was C.S. Lewis that made the statement. He said the, the Catholics had a person pope. Yeah, the Protestants just made a paper pope. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, was wow. that, you know, that, so, uh, that was Christianity. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Great, great book. Because yeah. it ultimately it just it gave the final authority. The, yep. the Catholic Church gave the final authority to a person. Yeah. The, the Protestants gave a final authority to a book. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know I, I I love you know of course the first four or five centuries of the church they had oh, a, they had a three strand cord. You know mm-hmm. uh, my my son and his wife right now they're they're just lit for things in the kingdom. I mean, I'm super proud of them. Wonderful. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they went through a season where it was all about the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. So, mm. you know, I'd even share something with them like, well, you know, God hasn't told us that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, and I, I didn't do anything to harm their zeal. I was like, okay. And, but then I, I sat with them one time and I said, you got to understand something. In, in the early church, how they functioned was it, it wasn't, number one was the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, you know, Jesus said, it, the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. Uh, he didn't say the Bible would lead us into all truth. Nope. He said, no. I, I've got to leave. Yeah. All right. Because I can't physically be here. Yeah. All right. And in other words, it's better for you than I not physically be here. So I don't know why the church is waiting for him to physically show up. But anyway, right. Um, he's, he's like, it's actually better for you that I not physically be here so that I can send to you the helper, not mm. the doer, the helper, the helper, because, right. because I didn't screw this world up. You did. And so I'm going to send you a helper to fix it because you don't wait for me to come back to fix it. All right. right. I, I'm going to give you a helper to, for you to fix it. Yeah. You jacked it up. Right. All right. And, uh, but, but, but of course, most, most of the church is waiting for him to come back and, you know, we're going to fix this all. Just squinch right. his eyes and all of a sudden Escapism. everything magically is fixed yeah, rather yeah. than us by the help of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, uh, you know, but I mean, just, just coming, coming to that, coming to that place of, of, of understanding that it is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit first. Right. But then God gave the scriptures, mm-hmm. not as the authority, but an authority right. that right. are there. Because if, if you feel the Holy Spirit is telling you something that is blatantly against the scriptures, the scriptures are there as protection. They're mm-hmm. there for us to learn, to glean, to, mm-hmm. uh, to be mm-hmm. encouraged by. But then the third one is the one hardly anybody ever talks about. 
and that is the community of the saints. Look at right. that. Because it's, it, that. it's more than, that's why to this day, the Eastern church interprets scripture in community. Yeah. That's why Peter said that scripture's not for private interpretation. Nope. But I was raised in the Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. That's all the scriptures were for, yeah. private right. interpretation. Well, what does that scripture mean to you? It's exactly. like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, there would be no concept in the early church of what that oh, scripture absolutely. mean to you. Oh my goodness. You know, because yeah. it was imploded all, instantly. Correct. Yeah. Because if I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say something and the scriptures agree with it, but everybody I'm in relationship with that I trust, the fivefold ministry gifts, the, the people that are more mature than me, mm-hmm. if they're saying, ah, I don't know about that, then that ought to cause you at least to pause. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. because there's safety, safety in a multitude of counselors. Right. And so right. that, that three-strand cord, most people, they want to be one or the other. They want just the inner right. witness of the Holy Spirit or just whatever the Bible says. And then a lot of times they don't even consider community because a lot oh, of people no. nowadays aren't even in a community. No, right. they we, just, we just finished preaching on community, actually. Right. They, <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they don't even... Yeah. Agree. Most people can't agree with the community that they are in, well. let alone... <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Know, it's a wild. greater community. So, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, just a brief aside, if you ever want to really see a gobsmacked atheist... When they ask you, well, do you believe that the word that the Bible is the inerrant word of God? Tell them no, because <laughs> there's like uh, makes uh, them twitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, which we're, we're about happens, to hit an ad break. Happens to me on airplanes yeah, it's, it's, all the time. It's, it's at that time. <laughs> we're about to hit an ad break, but I want to I follow that. Um, Peter Rollins, this Irish um, philosopher and theologian, mm-hmm. fun guy, love him. Um, he said. He wrote a book, he's written many books. One of his chapters is addressing atheism. And he's talking about how atheism is always cultural. It's always perspective-based, every part of atheism. You can have a thousand atheists in a room and you've got just as many views on atheism as you do with a thousand different denominational pastors, right? And so, and he was talking about how as Christians, we're more in common with atheists than we do with the actual early church because we put so many confinements and boxes on God. Right. It's good. Absolutely. Whereas the, athe- the atheists are like, well, no, that's not God. And you're like, absolutely right. That is not the inerrant word of God. He grew a beard at 18. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a little ad break yeah, here, we folks. Try to, we try to save people to our Jesus. Oh, it's true. Mm, keep preaching. Oh, man. So today we are brought to you by No Coffee, unfortunately. I haven't drank any tonight, but I am on some painkillers. I know, right? (laughs) Well, usually we have some good coffee here and we just didn't get a chance to crack it out. We've got a couple of roasteries around the country that support us and love on us. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, come on next Sunday to Prevail, starting a new series as well. Um, What's the title of that series? You know, the medication is causing me to forget, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know what it is. I thought it isn't, isn't it making room? No, no, that's a, oh. that's a drive. Okay. But you remember that. Look at that. Well, <laughs> I, I was paying attention this. Tune I was paying in, attention this morning. Tune in next. Tune in next week. Joy to the world. Joy to your world. Joy to your world. Joy to your world. At Prevail Church next week. <laughs> oh man, see, I needed that coffee today. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, you need to tell everybody why. That's right. Uh, I, I successfully today, folks, yeah. I passed my kidney stone. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ooh, I made it. As I understand, it was the size of a walnut. It I'm was tremendous. Uh, it deserved a name because I birthed that. No. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right back on track. On. Back on track, y'all. So um, I am going to uh, follow up. So we've got our questions out of the way from today and stuff. Yes. Um, I would love to pick your brain on some concepts, um, if you will. 
so New Covenant theology, it's it's mixed in with modern culture. It's mixed in with the modern church, and and that mixture really taints it. And I hate the term, but waters down the gospel effectively, right? Because we add the law to it, we add cultural laws to it, we add cultural sins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yes. And I think the biggest thing is um, that I've struggled with um, being in New Covenant theology is not the idea uh, or people comprehending the idea so much. Once they get the idea of New Covenant, once they, they get the concept that we are good with God, that 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 death holds no sting, et cetera, et cetera, you just... You're pretty sure on today's view. I don't want to spend an hour on that. I think the hardest thing is for people to get and me to get across to people is the rubber meets the road part of your faith now. Because so often in the church, when you're in an unlawful church, you have set rules of how to behave in society. Set sure. things we vote for, set Political parties were allowed to choose, if, even different countries, right? I came from yeah. New Zealand, certain churches only vote one. We have multiple political parties. Certain churches yeah. only vote for one political party. Yeah, right? I was just in Holland. They've got like 22. Oh, yeah. yeah I think like we're that, in the yeah. 50s wow. or something. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but doesn't matter where you are. When you're in a religious organization where the law is prevalent, you have these set boundaries. And in the New Covenant, those boundaries break off inside the church but out in the community, I think the hardest thing I've seen people adjusting to is that rubber meeting the road of having no laws with others. Could you, I don't know, just, just well, bounce it, your mind well, on that as in, as in like, like, give me an example of like law with another. Oh man, so like cultural, cultural concepts. So I, I guess in America, again, I'm from New Zealand. Um, and so it, it's hard for me seeing people choose political parties. It's very one or the other in America, right? And in my mind, in my faith journey, I came to the realization that it's, you know, if I could vote, I would struggle to vote at all because of my faith, because of my realization of where God's love is. Yeah. Right? Because neither party represents God's love in 99.9% of what they do. Sure. And so... I struggle when I see Christians out there in the world wearing their badge for that political party so proudly. Gotcha. And again, that speaks to culture, right? Absolutely. And so I guess my thing is how, how can we effectively communicate new covenant theology into breaking culture without destroying healthy tradition? I guess, you know, that's a whole lot there, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, again, I, you know, I don't think all tradition is wrong. Exactly. Healthy tradition. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's definitely healthy it's, tradition. It's healthy culture. I, 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 think it's, I think it's always the attitude in which we go about things. Okay, go uh, for it. You know, because you even, in the, even in the New Covenant, we're still under law. Yeah. We're just not under the law of Moses. We're no longer right. under the law of sin and death, but we are under the law of love. Yep, right. Um, Absolutely. Ja you know, uh, Paul called it the law of life mm -hmm. uh, in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. James called mm -hmm. it the royal law, uh, which yeah. is the, the loving of your enemy loving of your of your neighbor yeah and so love has boundaries you know mm. love love also corrects love mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. disciplines i think mm -hmm. i think sometimes our problem is is in our definition of love is we just think love uh what's to me it's the difference between mercy and grace Ooh. i think a lot elaborate, of what, a lot of what people call grace is actually mercy 
Keep uh, going, keep yeah, going. I mean, keep be, going for the views at home. Be, yeah, well, You're going to be excited. Yeah, here. well, <laughs> be, be, because, you know, I mean, mercy overlooks, mm -hmm. uh, grace empowers. Ooh, I like so, that. you know, Hebrews like says that, that good Hebrew, Hebrew says we find grace, but we obtain mercy. Mm. And so grace is found, mercy mm. is obtained. And, and there's a difference. I mean, e even the idea of like unmerited favor, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no definition of unmerited favor under the word grace. Mm. Now, even though, I mean, most grace people would say grace means unmerited favor. Now, it doesn't mean it's a bad definition for it or that it's no. wrong. It's not an issue of right or wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, unmerited favor speaks more of mercy. And then does anything else right. because I like that. Paul says, by the grace of God, I labored more than all the other apostles, mm. you know, so he, he labored by yeah. grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, there's there's empowering grace. There's uh, strengthening grace. There's I, like I mean, that. grace is not just there to overlook all of our issues. Right, right. That's it's right. it's Ooh, it's there. Like it's there not to empower us to sin, but grace helps us no, overcome no sin. Yeah, yeah. But mercy is there that says, you know what, I'm going to overlook it. You know, it's like, like like my kids when they were very young. They my daughter learned quicker than my son, uh, but when they would do something that they yeah. knew they were they weren't supposed to do, and they were in trouble for. My daughter would come up and she'd say, "Dad, Daddy, are are you gonna are you gonna be merciful? Ooh. You know, are are, are are you are you gonna give <laughs> me that. are you gonna give me mercy? Right? She'd say, or are you gonna give me grace? And mm. and there's times where I taught her. I said, you know what, Daddy's gonna be merciful this time, and mm -hmm. you're gonna get. There, there, there's no consequences for this one because that's mercy mm -hmm. right. overlooks. Mm -hmm. But then it's time it's like, no, honey, daddy's going to give you grace this time because you need to learn a lesson on this one because I want to empower you to not do this again. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think I like so, sometimes what happens in a lot of like the grace camp, the grace movement, it's like anytime you use the word work. Right. You know, they people, twitch. They oh, freak out. Well, it's, it's a cuss word. It's they a panic. Four, it's a four yeah. letter word. You know, Explode. But they forget <laughs> that, uh, yes, we're not saved by works, but we are safe for good works. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, That's there's good. more than 15 times in the New Testament it talks about really grace to work, mm. uh, you know, yeah. and, and doing things. I, I tell people when I got a revelation of the new covenant and grace of God, I don't feel like I work less. I actually feel like I work more. The difference is the motivation. Yeah. I, I, I'm no longer okay. working for God. I realize now I'm working with God. I'm not working for a blessing. I'm working from a place of already being blessed. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to earn his love. I right. already know I'm loved. Yeah. And so I work. Right. You know, and so to me, it's the whole motivation right. and change. But there's still boundaries. You know, uh, one of my favorite passages is, is Galatians 5 in the Message Bible. You know, first of all, because it makes me laugh. Because, you know, Paul in Galatians 5, he's like, you know, you know listen, uh, you know, you, you, you of the circumcision that keep trying to put all these people back into the law, you might as well go all the way and just, just cut it all off, right? You know, just Paul, Paul gets Paul gets pretty raw there. You know, he's like just, yeah, he's like if you're just going to keep doing this to people, just just chop it right off it. <laughs> just, just, you know. But, but, I, but I love how in the in the Message Bible it starts off by saying, if you're going to strive for anything, strive for freedom. In other mm, words, don't yeah. let anybody yeah. take your freedom. But then it goes on to say, but don't let your freedom destroy your freedom. For Ooh. true freedom is loving mm -hmm. and serving one another. Like so if, if we want to know what, what real freedom looks like, yeah. real freedom isn't I can do whatever I want whenever I want. Real freedom in the new covenant is loving and serving others. That's good. Uh, and I give, I give a simple example. All right? I have the freedom in Christ. All things are permissible. Right? Mm. So yeah. I, I have the freedom when, if I'm out, my, out with my wife to have a glass of wine. Amen. Mm -hmm. But if I have five and I get behind a wheel. Right. Right. And I get in an accident and somebody dies. My mm -hmm. freedom just destroyed my freedom.
Right. That's right. So I had the freedom to do it, but the freedom that I had actually ended up harming someone else. And true freedom is loving and serving one another. Mm. Right. And so it's, it's, it's learning that is there still boundaries? Yes. So like even from like a political standpoint, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Low-hanging fruit, sorry, is the easiest one I can come to mind. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, I mean, even when it comes to that, there's, there's things that I have personal convictions about yeah. that uh, I don't necessarily discuss with a whole lot of people. Because Absolutely. I feel like, I feel as a preacher especially, I, oh, feel, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like Paul, where right. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may reach some. Mm-hmm. The moment... I stand firm that I'm this party. Yeah. I've automatically ostracized everybody else. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know, the, the, the moment, the moment I say I'm this, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 or put pressure on other people to a- exactly. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one thing most people don't know about Paul and Corinthians when Paul says, um, you know, some say I'm a Paul, some say I'm of Cephas, some say yeah. I'm of Paulus, but some say I'm of Christ. That was actually all about prejudice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that it, it, because uh, actually those that were of 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 Peter that were it was actually a certain type of Jewish people yeah. that that thought a certain way those of Apollos they were they were like the more uppity crowd the the educated the yeah. and these were all people that normally wouldn't really get along with each other and what he was what Paul was dealing with is actually prejudice in the church yeah of of you saying because when you say I'm a Paul, what you're saying is, but I'm not of Cephas. Exactly. You know, I'm of this, but I'm not of that. And and I right. find this even, you know, because I travel in a lot of different circles, and then uh, the more I've gotten in a lot of gray circles, it's like people have become religious about not being religious. Yeah. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. Because totally. they left legalism, they left the law and legalism, and they stopped being a legalist, but then they became a gracist, because because now. Now they're spending all their they're spending all their time about grace. grace. Yeah, and now oh, they're yeah. now they're attacking all all the all the all the legalists. Mm-hmm. You know, by pointing their finger at them, and 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 taking a stand, realizing that in that Jesus removed the middle wall of partition, so that now in Christ there's neither male nor female, bond nor free, Jew nor Greek, but we're all one in Christ right. Jesus. Right. And, and to me, it's interesting. You know, that the, the very word the very word Pharisee, yeah, is translated separatist. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the moment you have an us and them mentality, you're a modern day Pharisee. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's literally, Ooh. it literally. That will preach. And, 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 yeah. and, and what I've seen is the American church as a whole, yeah. w- rather than Christianity, which are, are living like Christ, we tend at times yeah. to be much more Pharisaical right. uh, yeah. than we are, than we are like Christ. Yeah. And the people out in the world, the people that aren't Christian in any way, shape, or form, see it. As plain as day. Yeah. Oh, well, and if they don't see it, they sense it. They literally feel it from us. And that's what turns so many people away is because yeah. they're like, y'all can't yeah. agree with yourselves. Well, I've, I've, I've taught for years, and one of my favorite stories is Jesus with Zacchaeus. And, you know, he sees Zacchaeus up in a tree and he said, I must come to your house. Mm. And But what's interesting about that story is uh, Jesus did the opposite of Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Pharisees, and, and really a lot of the tradition I was raised in, was this. Uh, Pharisees would say, believe what we believe, yeah. then change. Then yep. we'll accept you. Yep. Right. Yep. Jesus shows up and just says, I accept you. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell them to change. He didn't tell them to believe anything. Mm-hmm. And Zacchaeus comes running down from the tree, said, if I've defrauded anybody, I'm going to restore it fourfold. I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. And Jesus is like, wow, salvation has come to this house. 
And I've said for years, I said, how did salvation that. come to his house? He never preached salvation to him. Nope. Never told him to repent from his sins. Never nope. told him to turn. Because, you know, we were told, you know, if there's no repentance of sin, you can't even turn to Christ. He, right. It, it doesn't right. say he did anything. Nope. You know, but all Jesus said, notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, you filthy, rotten little heathen. You've been ripping people off. I see everything you're doing. You're going to hell in a handbasket. You need to repent right now. No. Nope. All he no. said was, I must come to your house. And in that culture, mm. when you went to someone's home mm. and had a meal and spent the night, you not only were accepting them, but even their lifestyle. Exactly. Right. And there was nobody worse mm -hmm. to a Jew than a tax collector. Right. So Zacchaeus changed, not because Jesus said you have to change, but because David. by accepting gave him, gave him grace. Yeah. Jesus drew the change out of him. Come on. Which he, is where we have. I've heard so many people say, well, I can't go to church because I can't change like that. <laughs> like, well, buddy, just come to church buddy, and let church, God deal with that. What, what, what did I say last month? You can't convert people to love. Right. You can't convert people to love. Well, I, I've, I've said for years that much of the church tries to clean fish before we catch them. Yeah. Don't oh. work. You know, don't it, work. It doesn't work. Yeah, don't and well. the truth is it, yeah. it, it doesn't work at all. It's forceful and you end up depopulating the river. People, people swim away. True. Yeah. People swim I've got away. a question. This, this was just a thought I had in what you were talking about. Yeah. Grace seems to be to me to be God providing us with the tools that we need. Yes. Whereas mercy is saying, you don't have the tools, just take a break. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, it's it's literally like when your child deserves to be grounded and you right. don't ground them. Yeah. I mean, they know what they did was wrong. You know oh, what they did was wrong. And that's way worse on them, some, you know, depending on the child. Yeah, yeah, right, and you right, just right. gave mercy. Well, I, I think the key, and, and, you know, you also mentioned the word faith because I think it's important where faith comes in in all this because mm. faith is still very important. Absolutely. Because we're not saved by sola, you know, sola gratia is not true. We're not yeah. saved by grace alone. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah, right. It's not faith alone or grace alone. It's no. grace and faith working together. Because mm. grace is everything God did in Christ outside mm. of our will, yeah. outside of our choice. Yeah. Grace had nothing to do with us. Right. right. Absolutely. But faith is our positive response to grace. So grace is everything that we need, mm -hmm. but then faith is how we access it. Right. All right. That. And so that's, that's it's, a beautiful it's, way to describe well, it. Like well, and, and I like to put it, I, I like to put it like this, you know. What is faith? According to Hebrews, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So mm -hmm. faith doesn't cause something that doesn't exist to exist. No. Faith causes something that already exists to be manifest. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, so even believing, all right, my believing that God loves me and has forgiven me doesn't make it true. It's already true. It was right. true 2,000 years ago. According to Colossians 1, Beautiful. when you were Absolutely. dead in your trespasses and sin, he, he, he quickened you, he made you alive, and completely forgave you. So when did he completely forgive you? At the cross, before yeah. I was ever even born. So I was forgiven mm -hmm. before I experienced forgiveness. Yeah. Okay, But faith, my believing it, mm -hmm. is what caused it mm -hmm. to subjectively become real to me mm -hmm. so that then I felt you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's why, I mean, there's a series I've, I've been preaching over this year where in, uh, in 2 Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy 1, where, where Paul said this. He said, it is God's desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. And that word knowledge is the Greek word epigenosis, which literally comes from gnosis, which is firsthand experience. Yeah. So what he said is it's, it's not only God's desire for all men to be sozoed saved, healed, delivered, protected, prosperous, whole, complete. Mm 
but that they also come to a firsthand experience Mm. with the truth. Because what's the experience? Uh, You know, theology calls it objective and subjective. Right. You know, objectively is everything that's true of us in Christ that we had nothing to do with. Subjectively is then our positive response to that. And that's, that's what faith activates, you know. Uh, objectively, according to Hebrews, we've been perfected forever. Beautiful. Past tense. We have been perfected it's it's forever, all right? But then, but then subjectively, Paul writes, the purpose for fivefold ministry is to perfect the saints. Hold oh, up. Hold just wait up. a minute. I, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, Paul. I, I thought we're already perfect. Right. And, and now you're saying the purpose for fivefold ministry is, so are we perfecting the perfected? Absolutely. Yeah. All right? I mean, Paul would say we, we've been made whole and complete. Mm. in him, mm. all right? But then Paul would say, he that started a good work and you will bring it to completion. But, but wait a minute, <laughs> Paul, right. I, I thought we were already wholly complete. And yeah. see, it, it's understanding. I mean, Paul gets up in, on Acts 17 on Mars Hill mm-hmm. and he tells a bunch of pagans, yeah. you're all in Christ. Yeah. You right. know, you, you, you don't even know it, but in him you live, in him you move, and you're all in him yep. because you're all God's offspring, genos, children, family, and kind. Yep. Uh, you're, you're already in him. But then he, he, he writes a letter and he says, greet Adronicus and Junia for they were in Christ before I was. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Paul. You just told a bunch of unbelievers that they were in him. So what's Paul saying there? What he's saying is they experienced yeah. by faith subjectively, what it meant to be That's in Christ right. before I did. Okay, so because... Let's take that you know, to the church right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean Paul, Paul's not That's confused. Good. That's beautiful. No, you no. Know, Paul's yeah. not even... He's very clear. But it, it's very important to understand how many yeah. of, 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 of those almost, almost even New Testament contradictions yeah. like, like take place like all over the place. I, yeah. mean, I mean, you know, we're one with him. Paul says, we're in union with Christ. But then James says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I was talking to my wife about <laughs> that yesterday well, well, morning. Actually, wait, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, if I'm one with yeah. him, how do I draw yeah. near? Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but again, but by faith subjectively, experientially, mm-hmm. I still need to draw near. It's already true. And, and I, this, this is the language the Holy Spirit gave me this year. Something can be true of you in Christ, but not true to you experientially. Ooh. That's, ooh, and that's, so... Really, yeah, really, some steak to chew on. Yeah, the, the growth mm-hmm. of the Christian life mm-hmm. is that we subjectively experience everything that is objectively true of us. And, and, and it's the renewing of our mind that we begin to believe that everything he said we are, we are. But we then begin to actually, by faith, experience it. Because, mm-hmm. you know? right. I, mean, I mean, look mm-hmm. at something like healing. All right, Peter yeah. says, by his stripes you were healed. The truth mm-hmm. is God's not healing anybody anymore. He healed everybody 2,000 years ago. That's what the cross was for, because <laughs> you were healed. So, so, you know, why does my back hurt? You know, because, because it's accessed by grace through faith. Right. And, and, and it's true of me. I'm already healed, but experientially, man, my foot's killing me. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, my aunt's got cancer. This is, this is real life. And so how does all that stuff begin to change? That's why... That's why scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord, not grace. Right, uh, right. You know, we're, we're never told to examine ourselves to see if we be in grace. Yeah. We're never said examine ourselves to see if we be in Christ. It said examine yourself to see if you be in faith. Mm, right. All right. So we're in a fight of faith. We're not in a fight of grace. Because grace has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with what God did in Christ for us and as us mm-hmm. in the finished work mm-hmm. of the cross. But faith is then our response experientially, subjectively. 
to what is objectively already true. It's a, anyway, there's a whole lot. No, no, no. We, no, we, we do, do we can do three podcasts we, just we, on we objective. We a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's why people have a crisis of faith. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. They, you know, they, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's, it should also be encouraging to us because of the fact that it's not a crisis of grace. It's not a crisis of are we in Christ? It's a Correct. crisis of our own subjective experience. Yeah. So right, right. that's okay because that means we're going to ask questions yeah, and then yeah, yeah. come to better understanding and better experience of that. And, and so it shouldn't be a, a look down as a, oh, you have a crisis of faith. Oh, oh no. No, it's like, oh, you're having a crisis of faith. How can I help you? Yeah, everybody right. has. I mean, if you haven't had a crisis of faith, I, I question whether you're alive. Right. <laughs> Good Lord, man. I had if you say you haven't, then you're a liar. That's um, true. <laughs> I might have had 30 this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but see, and, and that's why I, I believe it's so important because this is what I found. Uh, people that tend to focus on just the message of grace. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I have a whole e-course on the seven gospels, seven things called the gospel. And the gospel of grace is the beginning part of that. But if all you do is preach the gospel of grace, and you, you don't include the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Paul, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of peace, there's, the, there's more things that right. are dimensions of the gospel. You get very right. easily stuck at the cross. Yeah, because yeah. what happens is when you just preach the gospel of grace, yeah. you're mainly preaching all the objective truths. Yeah. So you're telling people their identity in Christ, which is very important. You're telling them who right. they are. But for most people, those aren't reality. No. You know, they're right. like, yeah, it's true of me, but not not true to me because what you're telling me I am, I'm not experiencing that. Right. And then that can also put people in bondage. But then if all you do is preach the faith side, then you, you, you become a legalist. So if you just preach mm -hmm. the grace side, you become, you become an extreme universalist. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, Sarah, everybody's in, it's all done. There's nothing we need to do at all. But then if you, that's why it's grace and faith. It's right. not grace or faith, mm -hmm. right? And so that's why it's so important to understand that the beauty of objective and subjective truth is in reality because uh, once I do, and I love what a good friend of mine says, he says, when you keep Christ at the center, all right, any time you go too far to the right, faith, too far to the left, grace, you're going to run into a thief. Something's going to be stolen from you. Yeah, yeah. But when you keep Christ in the middle of it all, he is, yeah. he is, he is the... the he is the, 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 the life in the midst of it that That's says it, it's, it's grace and faith, yeah. not, not grace or faith, which, which is why, I mean, you know, one passage of scripture I've never heard one sermon from in my entire life is Apostle Paul telling Timothy, he said, Jesus is the savior of all men, but especially those who believe, mm -hmm. you know, and then he goes on to say, these things you should teach. And I've yeah. never heard one teaching on it in my entire life, because I think most most preachers point. are most preachers yeah, are afraid right. of that verse that. because it sounds a little bit like everybody's already saved. Okay, right. a little bit. But but again, what he's saying is the difference between objective and subjective. Objectively, right. what Jesus did at the cross worked for all of humanity. Right. But subjectively, not all of humanity knows it. You know, right. I, I, I like to use the example of the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm -hmm. All right, in 1863. Oh, yeah. Good example. Yeah, when, example. When, when President Lincoln made slavery illegal, right. it became legal and an objective fact right. in the government that it was illegal to have slaves. But people stayed slaves for more than 40 years. Yep, right. And, and I read a study on this. They found three main reasons why. Number one, slaves never heard they were no longer slaves. Yep. The God, and so we know 
uh, people still live in the slavery of sin yep. and, 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 and an orphan because no one told them they were a son. No yep. one told them that they right. were the offspring of God and they were loved by God. So they live according to a, a mistaken identity. Secondly, mm. were those, they found that the masters kept, kept the slaves from hearing the good news, which we know mm -hmm. the God of this world has blinded the minds of men. Right. But thirdly, were those wow. that heard the good news, but they'd been slaves for so long they just couldn't believe that they were no longer slaves, so right. they stayed slaves. Yeah. But the truth is, when Jesus said it is finished to Telestai from the cross, mm -hmm. he literally made the emancipation proclamation for all of mankind and said, you're forgiven, it's done, it's yeah. completed, it's finished. Uh, you know, th this, this is a done deal and a finished work. Right. But if you don't know it, if you don't hear it, if you don't appropriate it by faith, it's true of you, but not mm. true to you. Mm. Because you have to also experience it. That's good. That's beautiful. Yeah. You you can you answered my question. You just kept answering. It was great. Yeah, I appreciate great. that. Okay. <laughs> you just no, kept going. I'm like, no, no, no. Keep answering. That's good. <laughs> well, I've I've got something that will take us into probably close to the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, just you touched on it briefly uh, yesterday, and uh, we've talked about it. And I think that it's something that. Uh, Many people will think is controversial, but Ooh. it's not necessarily controversial. I'm excited. Oh but I think that we need to, <laughs> I think it's something that we should at least we should crack the lid okay. on just okay. a little bit. Right. And that is hell. Oh, boy. Hey, yeah, I was excited. <laughs> why why did I know that was coming? Uh, it's the best one, though, isn't it? It's so much fun. All right, you got three minutes and 48 seconds. Oh, my Hell, Jesus. crack it down. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. Of that. Well, and, and I understand that. And I'm yeah. hoping that other you know, people may be able to find other resources. Sure, right, right. sure. Um, well, what, 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 I would, what I would really encourage uh, people to do, first of all, I've, I have been accused of, of not believing in a hell. Right? And the truth is, I tell people that's absolutely not true. I, I absolutely believe in the three hells in the Bible. You know, I just actually believe what the Bible actually says about mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and, and what the actual translations of it mean. And mm -hmm. even then, there's three theological views of it. Right, so, okay. you know, for someone to say uh, that they don't believe in hell, well, that's ridiculous because the grave is a real place. Right. Sheol. Uh, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, Sheol and Hades, it's a real yeah, place. It's yeah. the abode of the dead. There is a place called the grave. So to say, like to say it doesn't exist is silly because it's obviously an actual place. Right. And then Gehenna that Jesus talked about 12 times mm -hmm. is mistranslated really as hell because they didn't call Gethsemane hell. I mean, no. Gehenna is an actual place, the Valley of Gehenna. It's that valley right there yeah, between yeah, Jerusalem exactly. and... Yeah, exactly. Right, and right. and it, it's, where the, it's where the priest would, would dump all the excess from the sacrifices. It's actually where Jesus would have, his body would have been thrown. Right. Because it's where they threw lepers' bodies and those who were crucified, and, and they were literally set on fire. And when Joseph came and begged for Jesus' body, right. that was to keep him from being thrown into hell, if you may, in, into Gehenna. Wow. And, and, and so... Story uh, right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's an in, in, interesting picture. And, and just a, an interesting fact. Yeah, you know, that's, absolutely. That's interesting is, mm -hmm. you know, even, even the, the, the parcel of ground that, that Judas bought and hung himself on... Mm -hmm was in Gehenna, right. was in the Valley of Hinnom. It was called, it was called like the, the field of blood. Right. And he hung himself in hell. And it says when he hung himself, 
his stomach opened up, his bowels, and everything inside spilled out. Like now, the beautiful thing about that is what was in his stomach, the blood and the wine, mm. or the bread and the wine. And so the new sure, covenant still spilled mm. all out, all over hell. I mean, I mean, oh, you know, what, what, I mean, yeah, what, what did David say? He said, "You will not leave my soul." That's right. In hell, okay. That's it's right. like, you're not going to leave me here. You know. Right. In other words, that th this was a, this was a, a yeah. this wasn't a place of foreverness, if you may. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, and then of course the the, the last one, and there's like, a reason why Second Peter was probably the most contested book to go in the canon. Yeah. And it was mainly because of Tartarus. Yeah. It was mainly because of the language there of really Greek mythology. I right. mean, Tartarus is where the, uh, the you know, what Poseidon were, right. and, yeah. and, and, uh, and Zeus and Hades took their fathers, the Titans, and, and tied them up underneath. And, you know, I mean, it was in what the movie that made... Uh, Superman famous before he was Superman. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was uh, it? it was, immortals. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The immortals. Movie, yeah, great yeah, movie. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. You know they're they're down there yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in Tartarus, and that you know, was a well right. done movie. I forgot about <laughs> that's, that. That's right. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody knew who uh, he no, was. He was before then. then. Yeah, Man. he was just a young pup back great then. Great callback. Yeah, and but I mean, you know, so that one, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that one. To be honest with you, I mean, even when I teach on it, I'm like. I have no idea. This is so right. much Greek mythology. I'm not sure what this is. Yeah, he, he was right. mixing some stuff. Right. Hard. Yeah, but yeah. then through church history, there were three orthodox views yeah. of that. You know, one, of course, was infernalism or eternal conscious torment. And this is what happens when, when someone says, I don't believe in a place of eternal torment. People say, well, you don't believe in hell. When it's actually, no, you just don't believe in that version of hell. Yeah. Right. Or, or that exactly. theology of it, right. and, and so uh, that's why I tell people: I said, don't if you don't believe in eternal torment anymore or infernalism, don't tell people you don't believe in hell. The truth is, you still believe in a biblical place called hell. It's 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 how you view what what its purpose is. Right. You know, then there was there was that's something good. called conditionalism, yeah. which was annihilationism, and they taught that that simply when you die, uh, you know, you, you only have eternal life if you receive Christ. Yeah. So if you didn't receive Christ, they believe that the soul is not eternal. And so if you didn't receive Christ, then when you die, you just Oof. cease to exist. You the know? void. I mean, yeah. that, that's at least a little better than, you that's, know, you're, you're kept alive right. for a trillion it's years. It's not terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, being tortured over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, and I've said for years, I said, for me, you know, Kid, I mean. Kidney stones forever. Yeah, well, hello. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I have no problem telling people I left eternal torment like 25 years ago. Right. Because it didn't line up at all. With, right. with Jesus, yeah. no, I mean, I mean, he tells us to love our enemies, but he's gonna he's gonna torture his forever and ever. I mean, right. it, it doesn't make a lick right. of sense. It's pretty much do what I say, not as I do. Right, yeah. you know that thing. And then, of course, the last view uh, was called the apocatastasis, or or the restoration of all things, or mm -hmm. what became known years later as what would be called Christian universalism. Not you know, uh, universalism is very different. Yeah. Universalism is like the the the. Uh, the bumper sticker that says uh, coexist. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, you know, all, all roads all. lead. Yeah. yeah. When, when Christian universalism says no, it's because of what Jesus did right, right. that caused all this. Right, and, right. And, and that was really more a predominant view of the first five centuries of the church. Right. Uh, I've heard it called um, messianic universalism or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, there's like five or six it's, different yeah, so forms many flavors. of it. That's yeah. why I don't, I don't like any. I, I labels tell, are right. I, I call myself a little more like the Eastern Orthodox Church. They call themselves hopeful inclusionist. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. hopeful that in the end everybody yeah. will be included. But the truth is, none of us really know. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous to yeah. be dogmatic about oh, any of it. Right. And I tell oh, people, man. all I do know is this, is we that have received his love, according to 1 John 4, we have mm. no fear to stand before God on Judgment Day. Exactly. Right. So my job is to share the love of God with as many people as I can yeah. so that they live free of that fear. Amen. You know, free of the Amen. fear of death. And they experience sozo. They experience wholeness and completeness and... You know, they Wonderful. experience the reconciled relationship because the truth is, according to Second Corinthians 5, the whole world has been reconciled, mm-hmm. objective truth, but the whole world is not saved. Subjective truth. Because yes. if they've not experienced it, because yeah. so, God was in Christ, not reconciling himself to the world. God wasn't right. the one that had the problem with us. Right. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Mm-hmm. All right. right. But then Paul goes on to say, but now be reconciled. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I don't respond back, it's uh, the Greek word is katalasso and apokatalasso. Katalasso is a conciliation. So God reconciled the whole world. That's yeah. a katalasso. What he said was, I'm good with you. All right. Mm-hmm. I've made up my mind. You and I have no issues. Me towards you, there's no problem. I'm not counting your sin against you. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, man, there's nothing. Right. But then apokatalasso is reconciliation. And that's why Paul said, now that we know this, we implore people, we beg yes. people, be Reconcile because it's not a reconciliation until it's two ways. Yeah. Right. So God's not the one that has the issue. Right. It's normally it's not about God being right with us. It's about us being right towards Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And so that's really that's really more the the, the issue of what salvation looks like. Because cool. yeah. uh, He's good yeah. with us, yeah. but we're not always good with Him. That's good. And we need that's to be beautiful. we need to respond back. And yeah. that's why the gospel is good news. The good news is not turn or burn. God can't stand you. Wants to throw right. you into hell. He can't even look at you because you're that's, disgusting. That's not very good news. No, there's no, no good news. No. The good news is, <laughs> and this is this is how it's gotten to me. The simplicity at 57 years old right now is imagine someone is 70 years old. They were raised as an orphan. They were raised in the system. Maybe they were thrown into different homes, and maybe they were harmed. Maybe they were they were molested. They they were abused. And it led to addictions and they're 70 years old in their life. You know, they've been in and out of jail They're, I mean, be, not because of, 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 uh, you know, I, I like to use, I like to use the term, um, uh, not because they were in a, I'm, I'm, I'm missing my thought right now. Um, not, not because they were born a certain way, right. mm-hmm. but because, uh, experiences that they had. Right. Uh, cause that now, uh, na- not nature, Ooh. not not nature, but nurture. nurture. That, that's yep, what I was yep, looking yep, for. Yep, yep. So it wasn't because of a nature they had, but because of the nurturing that they experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then at seventy, someone informs them they've never been an orphan. The mm. truth is, you've never been an orphan. You always had a father, and your father's been seeking for you. Right. He's been searching for you because you know what? You were a lost sheep. But he, you were one of the that's one good. that left the ninety-nine. But that means you were originally a part of. The 100. And so, you know, it's right. not original, original lostness. It's original belonging. That, mm, right. that the good news is good. that you were found in, that you were found in Christ before you ever lost an atom, you know, because right. he chose you before the foundation of the world right. uh, to be found in him. And That's so, good. you know, it, it's that beauty of, but beautiful. you've been living like an orphan because no one ever informed you. Right. You had no idea that not only do you have a father that loves you and has been seeking for you, but he put enough money in an account for you to take care of you and your children's children and meet all your needs according to his riches. Mm-hmm. And he's provided mm-hmm. all this. He's provided a family for you, a household of faith. And you've got all of this, but because you didn't know it, you've lived your life alienated mm-hmm. right. from God and separated, not because that was his heart, 
but because you didn't know who you were. So the gospel is not informing people of their sinship, but their sonship. Right. It's letting them know that yeah, it good. speaks to the son in them and not the sin in them. And that, that's, that's when, I get on, when I get on an airplane and I talk to agnostics and atheists, that's the yeah. message I give, and that's they beautiful. don't have responses to that. Right. Because no. all they've been told their whole life is they're filthy, rotten, nasty people right. that are away from God, and until they do this, 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 and this, God won't even look their way. And when I tell them you're already a son, you just don't know you're a son. You're already loved and you're already accepted. You just don't know it. And now you just have to accept the fact that you're mm-hmm. a beloved son. Yeah. And then everything changes. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Awesome. That, that's a beautiful spot to finish on. That's I, a great spot. Could, you couldn't have planned that better if we tried. That was yeah. beautiful. No, no, that was a great summary. I loved it. All right. Well, well, so need to know, first of all, website, places where people can find more yeah, resources, yeah. more information. Just yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm. Love yourself. Yeah, just my name, Jamie, J A M I E, Englehart, E N G L E H A R T. Um, uh, of course, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I think I'm on LinkedIn and a few other things. I don't know. I don't even look at half that stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I think my kids has made, have made sure I'm on everything. I'm still 57, man. I mean, I, my senior year of high school at 85, I was carrying the computer. We, we were just getting computers in the offices. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and them yeah. suckers were like this big around, yeah, man. And they chose yeah. me to be one of the guys carrying them in, you know. So, I mean, I was not raised. With that, I mean, it's been a real stretch for me there to just go. just get on Facebook, and, uh, right? But I'm <laughs> all that. My, my website it's uh, him h i m connect dot net, and uh, I'm there. Uh, I've got my my book on there, my audio book, uh, the book in audio form. Uh, there's piles of uh, product and sermons on there. I've got a bunch of e courses that are video courses that people can can awesome. join and be a part. And so, yeah. Um, uh, I encourage people, don't send me a friend request, like on my personal, because I have two pages. One's a public figure page, but both under the same name. And and normally my personal one stays full and I I just can't add people. I've got like 500 people right now, like waiting to get in. I just can't. And so I encourage people to just go to my, I put the same stuff on my public figure page and just follow and like that. And they'll get all the same information from it. Um, The, uh, we'll put a link in the yep, description yep, yep. on the podcast, podcast. we'll throw the, you up there as well that's right you. folks to your socials um as you're listening you know like this that's right follow follow subscribe me you know, all those things up. whatever that's whatever right. platform you're listening on because it's out there on a bunch of them so there go ahead go. and and uh you know subscribe follow and th- thanks for having me i enjoyed oh, it. oh yeah we it, enjoyed it having you thank you pleasure Love for uh, talking to us putting up with our questions and uh Everybody remember you know, what Bishop Jamie said. You're already a son. Mm-hmm. Yep. God loves you so much. Yeah. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, died for us already. You're yeah, already, right. so it's already taken care of. All you have to do is experience it, yep. accept experience it. Experience that love. Yep. And uh, if you have questions, follow up. If you That's need true. prayer, contact us that's right come to prevail church on sunday morning and check us uh, out check us out and uh prevail.tv if you want to watch virtually and thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time love y'all peace